Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we have part two of our adoptive dad panel about infant adoption from a guy's point of view. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder and I'm the host of this amazing show about infant adoption. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Today we have part two of our adoptive dad panel with Dan Wells and Jake Stewart as we talk about infant adoption from a guy's point of view. Please go back and listen to part one if you haven't already. And I really hope you enjoy part two because we really get into even more good stuff, inspiring stories, amazing stories and tips and advice. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, I had such a great time with Jake and Dan. Uh, as you can tell, we, we got along really well. It's just a bunch of guys sitting around like on on a, on, a, on bar stools just uh, talking about uh, adoption and building our family. So here is part two. Hope you enjoy. Uh, I, okay, I want to ask both you guys. This kind of leads to this, this question here is we've talked about involvement. But what about support? And and really what I want to get at is the wives that are listening to this, and no matter where they are in the adoption journey, can you guys help them by answering this question? How can they be there for their husbands through the process? What's the best way they can support them, be there for them throughout the adoption journey? Dan, go ahead. So uh, I would say probably... You know, for me, uh, in in my mind, the the biggest thing that that I would say is to definitely, you know, meet your your spouse, meet your partner where they're at. You know, a um, couple of things that that we always use to kind of as tools to know sort of who we are as individuals is, um, you know, like the love languages. I don't know if folks know about Dr. Chapman, but um, not Mm -hmm. to read the book necessarily, but to actually take the test to know sort of, okay, how, how does your husband or or partner, um, how, how do they sort of engage, you know, and how do they give sort of attention to, to, to you and, and to themselves? And, and, and that's one thing I would say is just to make sure that you're, you're meeting them where they're at. And then I would say, secondly, you know, also just make sure that, you know, as much as we can drive through and get things done, um, you know, there are probably a lot of emotions going on in, 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 in their head, um, around sort of, all of the stuff that we're basically having to do, like identifying what our preferences for a potential background and, and racial makeup and, and, and all of these things. And a lot of those sorts of things that happen through the home study, um, you know, are, are very difficult sort of things to discuss, very difficult things to discern over and complete. And just to make sure that you're, you're giving, your spouse, your partner, the time to go through that. I mean, obviously if you want to nudge them along, that's fine, but you know, just to make sure that, cause this is something, this is a life decision and we, you don't want to go into this, you know, regretting making a decision or, or picking a preference that you're not going to be comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agree. I, I think guys tend to, a lot of us anyway, tend to drag our feet on things and this is huge, yeah. right? I mean, this is 
way different way to build your family than we ever thought we would be in most of us when we're going into the mm-hmm. adoption world. Right. I mean, so, uh, and women have such a strong, uh, sense of drive to be a mom. Uh, I think they tend to come on to the adoption process a lot easier and faster than the guys do. And we're kind of dragging our feet going, uh, I'm not too sure about this. So I would say definitely listen. I mean, you know, you're, husband better than anybody right and and i would say make sure you listen to him and that means not just hearing what he says but hearing what listening to how he acts and what he's and what he's not saying um and give him a chance to oh go ahead dan yeah no and no finish your thought thought. i would say give him a chance to uh process things and and find a way for him to discuss the issues with you so if he's not a big talker write down your questions for him. Say, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, and have, give him a chance to maybe write his, his answers down. If he's not a big talker, you know, just can find a different way to get him uh, to yeah. open up. Yeah. I was agreeing with you. So I, I'm going to throw this one at you too and say one of the ways. So in, in, and this has come up for us more in the last two or three years, um, not so much during the adoption process, but, Something because um, we both get emotional with, um, you know, any kind of a decision that we make between each other, it can get emotional with why is that or why do you feel that way? And, and you know, I'm, I'm just as um, vulnerable to that as my wife is to where, you know, if, if I'm feeling something back from her, it's like, the, well, why is it? Why are you feeling that way? You know, because I don't see it the same way. But something that we've we've started doing, which has been really helpful for both of us, is airing everything completely via text. And what what that does is completely takes the emotion out of it, huh, and yeah. it and it allows us to not it allows us to not um, because you don't feel you know you don't feel what the person's feeling when you're you know when you're not having that face to face, and then you know later on in the day or an hour later when we see each other we can talk through the issue more understanding how that person's feeling saying, you know, that I'm feeling this way and, and, you know, this is what, you know, maybe what's caused it or, you know, why I'm feeling that way. And then that allows us both to take a step back and say, okay, you know, now we need to have a discussion about that, but it, it puts it out there in a place where it doesn't ever boil. And so I would almost say that that could be something very strongly for some of those difficult discussions that, that guys feel a little more comfortable maybe writing something down like you're saying. And, you know, even if it's on paper or, you know, texting back and forth or, or whatever that, that case may be, it may be more comfortable. I find myself way more comfortable in that venue. Um, a lot of times just to be able to air it when I'm comfortable with it and just say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. And, you know, you need to understand that I'm feeling that way. And, um, you know, that's just the way that I've kind of come out with it. And, still trying to think about, you know, not being attacking and, and not being really forthcoming and not like being down and, and pointed, but still, you know, I, she needs to understand how I'm feeling and what I'm coming through and what I'm going through and, and those types of things. And that's just a way that I've come about it to where it can open that discussion. She can know it before we get in that heated moment. And it has eliminated a lot of um, difficult discussions, I'll say. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, the other thing I would say is have, try to find ways to get him involved. Um, if he's not involved and I've heard from a lot of folks that the guys aren't involved and that's, 
the guys don't always have to be the driving force, but I understand from the women's perspective, like, okay, can you do something? <laughs> so I would say sure. find a way to get them involved. And that, if that means spell, what that really means is making it simple for us to understand and spelling things out. Cause guys don't, uh, don't do a really good job of, uh, getting clues from our wives here are these questions um, on this biography answer them <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly i think yeah. is, i think i think also looking at their strengths and maybe what his strength is versus hers that could be a really strong avenue and direction to go and say you know you're a lot better at this at this than me whatever it is and you think about this a lot differently so can you help me walk through this you know, yeah. that type of a, that type of an angle can open a door that maybe hasn't been opened before. Awesome. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with that. That, that would, that could go a long way towards getting a guy involved. Yeah. You know? All right. Let's, let's move on a little bit here. I want to move into, uh, and you guys touched on this a little bit in your, in your previous answers, but there gets question asked to me a lot about guys uh, and the bonding thing and the biological thing, right? Like, okay, and you kind of deal with this when you go through infertility and you're making that bridge to okay, we're we're we've been dealing with infertility, we're going through the adoption process, and then you have to deal with the biological thing. Am I okay with not having a biological child? Am I okay adopting? and bonding with this child that didn't come from us. How, how did you guys deal with that? Man, I, I, we could probably have a whole show on that, so we probably should <laughs> pare it down a little bit. But how, how did you guys deal with the bonding thing and the biological thing? Dan, go ahead. So <clears throat> obviously going into this, we were very um, unsure of what to expect. I mean, I, I have the, the, the framework of, of seeing adoption through the staff, the fact that my sister was an adoptee or is an adoptee, sorry. And, and so I have that sort of viewpoint of things. Um, and I, I felt very connected. I felt like my sister was my sister. There was never any feeling otherwise to say that there was something different. So while we were concerned about it at first. I knew in the back of my mind and instinctually that it wasn't going to be a concern. And and once we definitely met with and matched with our son's birth parents, um, and getting to know them and seeing, you know, what I've heard countless times and that, you know, the, the people who connect are always very similar in background, similar in understanding. And, and, and once we had that connection, I really felt like, you know what, it's going to be fine because this child is going to be loved and we're going to be appreciated for giving that love and, and that choice that was made by, by them to place with us. So we, we had the confidence to basically say, yeah, this is, this is going to be an easy thing to do. And, and when he was, when he came into this world and we were there, um, all of that sort of even even the slightest shred of doubt went away and and instantly we were bonded now a lot of people will say be careful because what happens if um a woman makes a choice to not place after birth and and you're in that situation Uh, I, i would say you know just you have to 
put, open yourself up and it's going to be hard if it does happen, but you have to show that love and you have to try to make that connection and bond irregardless of what could happen down the road. I mean, and love and, is about risk. Was, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to take a risk. Uh, if you want to have a love in your life, risk is going to happen. You took a risk when you met your wife and you took a risk when you married your wife. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to make it sound uh, trite, but I mean, it, it is really true. I mean, and you have to open yourself up and in order to, to receive that love and give that love. So I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just, I wanted to make that quick little comment. No, that, that, that's a perfect way to validate the, the fact that what we're doing here, you know, it's, it's all about love. And, and we, we made that choice with somebody who we weren't biologically connected to. And, and so it, it, it ventures to say that you can do it again. And, and we did, and, and you can, agree uh, absolutely yeah. jake how how would you yeah. answer that <laughs> would you add anything uh, to that I, I just sit here and nod because everything you guys <laughs> are saying is exactly correct and you know my my thing is the, exactly the same is that you have to put yourself out there in anything you do if you want to move if you want to dance if you want to do anything you possibly do you're going to grow and you're going to get the most from uncomfortable situations regardless of what it is because if you stay in your comfort zone you don't ever go anywhere so um, I, I just put that in that same venue and say, you know, growth, you know, look at it from a growth perspective. And, and um, the, the moment I held him, there was no question to me whether, you know, I mean, on any connection level at all. I mean, that was instantly, um, I've never thought anything different. I sit in the chair at night and I hold my kids and I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I think, you know, it all comes back to, you know, on the flipping thing, I really think it comes back to our mindset of putting other people first yeah. and, and, and having faith. And those two things, you know, is belief, you know, if you believe in other people, if you have faith and you put yourself in those situations, the right things are going to happen. And so, you know, ultimately you have to think about, you know, how is your birth mother perceiving it? Um, what is best for her and in that, what is best for your child? And if that is all coming across very, very clearly to your birth mother, the chances of flipping are very, very small. I, I believe, you know, and they're feeling whatever they're feeling. But if when they're looking at the situation from their perspective, laying in that bed or whatever, wherever they are, if they're seeing that love and that connection to them, it won't happen. Yeah. To, to kind of go into that a little bit more on that topic, I remember when we left our first meeting and we, we pulled onto the freeway to, to go home. And I just remember saying to my wife, I, I feel like we met our, the, the, the woman who's going to grow our family. And, and I remember my wife saying, you know, be careful. Don't, don't go all in right now. And I said, I, I have to have faith. I just feel like this was meant to be we were we were meant to connect this way and, and i'm i feel comfortable saying that and and going all in so to speak yeah yeah i can tell a little story off of also is that after we got out of the, our second adoption we we adopted in ohio and so we were out of the state we were halfway across the country 
um, we were out there on our own and didn't have any family or anything else. And we're in a hotel room. Um, after we'd taken the baby out of the hospital, my wife was in the delivery room when she was born, got cut the umbilical cord, all of that. And we were all there um, the night after we'd taken her from the hospital. And birth mom and her husband were there. And she asked that night, she said, um, so what do you guys think about me um, taking um, Cassidy back to my place? I just want to spend one night with her. And I was, thankfully, I was in the kitchen of our hotel room, and I was kind of removed a little bit. And I heard the question asked, but I wasn't in the moment. And so my wife said, well, you know, let me talk to Jake about it. And we'll, and, and Kayla says, well, what do you mean you have to talk to him about it? And she goes, well, you know, I mean, that's how we handle things. Is this, I mean, we're, we're a team, and, you know, we just talk about things. It's not my decision. It's not his decision. We talk about things. And at that point, I could feel the change, and I could feel the room, and I could feel something wasn't going to happen correctly. And so I made, at that point, I turned around, and I made eye contact with my wife, and I just let her know that it's okay. We need to do this at this point. And so we had to make an extremely difficult decision to send that baby home with that birth mom to her apartment in that, for that night. And she ended up making breakfast for us the next morning, um, and we were there, I think, at probably 6.15 a.m. sitting in the parking lot waiting for breakfast. But, you know, we were, um, it was one of those things that two years later, three years later when she was out here visiting, she made it known that had we said no, it was, it, it was her way of testing us to say, look, you trusted me for nine months with this baby, and now you won't trust me for one night. Wow. And had we said no, she was going to flip. Oh. But again, it was all about how are these people going to include me and how much do these people trust me? It was those two questions in her mind, regardless of what we were saying, we had to prove it. And it was reading that situation and reading that from an analytical perspective that saves that adoption without a doubt. God bless you for reading that situation. (laughs) Man. Right. I mean, that's 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 ultimately what it came down to. And, And we didn't sleep all night, but it was like, we had to put ourselves out there for her and believe in her. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, and if we just said no, she was taking her that night anyway. She yep. just gave us the choice. Yeah. Man, wow. thanks for sharing that. That's powerful. Anybody listening to that is uh, got to get, I mean, that, that encompasses a lot of stuff, right? And that's a short little story there because that's how open you need to be. I mean, you say open adoption, open adoption starts before you match, before your child's placed with you. Like you yep. said, that's a mindset you got to have from the very yep. get go. And that just, that just personifies it right there. That shows the, the story of why you need to have that mindset. So that's beautiful. Our, our- our facilitator put it really well to us after we had matched and it was maybe a month in, you know, calling us directly, not because we were not being open, but she said, you know, as you're, as we're preparing this hospital plan, just have faith and realize that, you know, an open adoption, you know, a, a placement, all of this is all a relationship. It's not necessarily a contract or a document or a piece of paper. It's the relationships that you're building that are going to last a lifetime and have to last a lifetime to basically allow, 
your son to be healthy and confident in who he is as an, and his identity. And, and I'll always take that away. And, and coming into this process that we've done the second time, you know, we've, we've been presented and we've met with, um, uh, you know, um, a, a woman who was already delivered and wanting to place her, her child that she just had and then the child that she was pregnant with. And I just did not sense the relationship that was there, even in the, the few minutes that we met. And, and as, as you did, Jake, you know, my wife and I left to go decide together, you know, and she questioned that too. Why can't you decide to match with me right here? And, um, same answer as, as you said. And, and we just felt like God was telling us this is a no. And sure enough, you know, a week or so later, we learned that actually by connecting the dots between our attorney and the other facilitator that this woman um, has multiple kids who she's attempted placement with and um, never placed. Um, and, and our no was me being told to say no to something that could probably put us into a really rough spot financially and emotionally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where you can, uh, as Jake said earlier, kind of be the person that is uh, taking a step back. And and it's not always logical, I guess. I mean, Jake had good points about logic, but then there's points where, like you just said there, Dan, where you have something that comes to you and you're just like, "Mm -mm, this ain't I mean, there was no openness that was there. The the, the discussion was, I want to have a connection with – the child with this, this boy here that we were actually, I was holding him at the time. He was five months old and, and, but I want a closed, you know, adoption for the child I'm carrying. And, and I said, you can't do that. There's no way that you can do that. It's those children are connected and, and there's no way that you can make that choice between the two of them if you're placing both of them with us, it's better to split them up at that point, if that's really your direction. So, I mean, it, it yeah, it, it, openness is very important. It's a long way of kind of getting to that. And enough to where, you know, if it's not the right situation, you know, having the strength to basically be presented with an opportunity to grow your family, and if it's not right, to say no. Yeah, that's hard. Mm -hmm. And that was that was really hard. That was really hard. I I believe that would be really hard because we walked through that in our minds a lot about you know what the right situation looked like and felt like and and all of that. And because you're so excited and and in the moment that you know trying to evaluate the right situation, we got very fortunate in that that we didn't have to say no at all, but. You know, we felt like every. I mean, we felt like both of our situations were a great position for us, and so, you know, ultimately we went that way. But yeah, I totally can see where that would be extremely difficult, and you know, how just feeling it. I mean, there's really no way to know right or wrong at that point. It's just what it feels like. Yeah, it was totally a, a faith walk by faith thing, and when when the mm-hmm. dots connected. And I wasn't on the phone with the facilitator. I was in the room. It was a late night, and and we called her out of bed to kind of 
we're trying to connect some services for this woman and, and thinking that our facilitator might have more options than the attorney who was hitting a brick wall. And, and when, when I heard this, the, the, my wife's side of the conversation in that this woman has done this with other expected parents, it was like this, this weight sort of lifted off of me. Like now I understand why it was a no. Thank you so much because I just, something inside me and it drove me insane for two weeks. And and to just get that was just like, okay, you're up there and, and you're telling me and thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, strong. Thank you guys for sharing. I mean, you guys, those are those are powerful stories because that's that's real life. That's you guys dealing with the adoption uh, process. You're in the journey and you're dealing with things as you go. I mean, that's that's amazing stories. This is what anybody, any, and especially any guy listening to this, and I hope there are um, hopeful adoptive dads that that listen to this because you can get a lot from hearing guys that have gone through it and are still going through it you can get a grasp about what an open adoption means you can get a grasp of how you can be involved you can get a grasp of how you can support your wife and just get in there and step up and be a part of the journey and i know i don't think there's any woman out there that wouldn't want their guy to step up and try to be part of the journey so i hope everybody gets a lot out of um everything that we've shared today and I don't want to end without giving a few more tips. Um, so I want to ask each one of you um, what tips you have specifically for the guys about getting through the process. Maybe it's something, a big obstacle you, you faced, or maybe it's how to deal with open adoption. But what are two or three tips or whatever you have available for the guys, especially listening to this? Dan, go ahead. So I have two tips. The first one is take time you know, whether it's, you know, after a rough patch, maybe a failed match, maybe just running into some, some frustration with the weight, but, but take time and go to a movie, go to a concert, get away for a day or a weekend and, and just don't let your marriage get lost in the process, you know, number one. And then number two, um, whether you're early in the process guys, or you're later in the process, I I actually found a book um, that was a, an autobiography book um, by a gentleman named Elliot Anderson. It's called Answers in Abundance. And it just is a story, just walking through the, the process of coming to adoption, what the weight was like, and then very vividly talking about what it was like to match and to have that, that birth happen and be a part of that. And I remember that was sort of my first sort of connection to another, you know, man, another husband and, and what he went through. And it really provides some good emotional kind of connection and perspective. And I've read it a couple times and I would highly recommend that every dad go out there. It's on Amazon and get a copy of it. It's wonderful. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll put that link in the, in the show notes. If you trying to scramble to write that the book title down answers in abundance, but I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can just, uh, find it over here at infiniteadoptionguide.com. Um, Jake, what tips you have for the guys? So I would say communicate is number one, and that's not always easy for us to do. Um, but be verbal, 
um, communicate how you're feeling um, in some way or some form. Um, let them know, uh, let your spouse, significant other, whoever, um, your friends, communicate, communicate, talk about it, um, because that's going to roll into my second tip, which is expect the unexpected. And ne- it's never going to be the same for each specific situation. So expect it to not go smoothly. And the more you talk about, um, you know, the, you talk to your friends about it, talk to your wife about it, talk to your pastor about it, talk to the people around you about what you're feeling. And then as you're talking that through, be thinking about, uh, about how you expect it to happen and then where that can go and where things can go wrong and where things can, um, um, not necessarily be, to be negative on it, but, but really think about how you can prevent situations before they become a situation. So, so be, be, you know, as you're going through the process, the more you talk about it, the more prepared you are for it. Um, and as you have those conversations and, and real life scenarios and you're thinking through those things, um, just expect that it's not going to go smoothly. And it's all about how you react to that. Great advice. Yes, that is absolutely true. I've through our first two anyway. Um, I want to throw in my couple of tips um, and it piggybacks kind of on what you guys have already said. And it's, it's listen. Number one is listen. And this goes for the men, the men and the women. Um, we've talked about this a little bit earlier, but, and I mean, listen, not just hear, especially for the guys, not just hear what she says. I mean, I, I've, I'm totally guilty of doing this of not listening correctly. So I'm like watching TV or uh, we're both sitting in the room, but we're both staring at our smartphones or our tablets or, you know, something is distracting us. Right. I, I do that. I'm guilty of it. But when you're talking about adoption, you're talking about building your family. I mean, these are huge things to discuss. Take the time, look into each other's eyes, sit down. I mean, if you have to go out to, to eat, so you're in a restaurant by yourself, do that, get in a place that's, right for you two to sit and talk and go through these big things that are going on in your life. Nothing's bigger than building your family. So don't take it lightly. And that moves into my second tip, which is for the, especially for the guys show her in whatever way you can, in the best way you can show her that you care. She is wanting to be a mom. Give that to her, show her you care. You're in this together. Like Jake said, you're a team. Show her that you won't give up on her. Show her you're not going to give up on being parents. And like I said before, if you don't express yourself great in, in, by talking, I mean, obviously us three, we talk. If you're not like that, that's okay. Find how you can best communicate. If it's writing it down, if it's uh, texting, like, like Jake said, you know, starting that process off by texting. I mean, do what you can, but show her your care. You care, you care about her. You care about the process. You care about being a dad. And don't stop. Don't give up. Sorry, got to get on my soapbox a little bit there, but uh, I just, (laughs) I see so many situations and I really care so strongly about having the guys step up because I know the women already do. So thank you guys so much for showing up, man. I, I, this is a great conversation. I'm loving that we did this and I hope uh, we can do something like this again because it's just awesome. Um, I, 
I thank you for being here and uh, sharing your thoughts and your stories. Man, we could go on for a lot longer, I'm sure. Maybe I'll have to break this up into two episodes because it's just uh, a huge, huge deal. And I hope anybody listening to this, the men and the women, get a whole lot out of it because it's so important uh, in the thought in the process of building our families that uh, we do it together and we do it right. Anything you guys want to add? Uh, Tim, first off, just thank you for allowing me to be a part of this and, and share um, and, and hopefully make that connection. And, and like your hope is, is to get a few more fathers or fathers to be out there to really connect into this, this process, into this community. Um, and, and let's, um, let's build the team up a little bit here and, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all here to help each other. So absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Jake, how about you? Yeah, I just appreciate the opportunity to, um, you know, to be here to support people and, and share what I've gone through to try and help, um, others not, um, you know, help others have more information than I had and, um, you know, make it be easier for the next person because it's, there's not a lot of support for, for the guys out there. And there's not a lot of understanding on, um, what, what we're feeling when we're going through it and what we're expecting and what we're wanting and all of that. And so the the biggest thing for me is just, you know, knowing that there are a lot, a lot of resources, um, in person, in people and, and that we're out there. It's just a matter of looking and finding it and, you know, not a lot of people are real verbal about it, but, you know, there are at least three of us who are, and, you know, I would be there to support anybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Likewise. In fact, that leads into what I want to say is that uh, we have a, do- a special Facebook group just for adoptive dads, whether or not you're already a dad or you're hopeful adoptive dad, whatever we're there. And, and there's, we're there for each other. And I know there's, maybe there's not a lot of guys on Facebook and maybe there's not a lot of guys looking for support, but you know, just think of it as uh, we're all just sitting around at a bunch of bar stools talking about uh, adoption and, and being a dad. So I invite you to come join that group and you can find the link. Uh, you can look for it in Facebook, but the link is infantadoptionguide.com forward slash dads, dads plural. That'll go right to that Facebook group and um, I'm the admin for it. So just ask to join and I'll let you in. All right. Well, that's what we got for for today's episode thank you guys again for man sharing so much it's it's great and i hope we can continue this conversations i i know there's a lot more questions i'd like to ask you so maybe we should do this again thank you guys appreciate it enjoy your father's day uh it's this this weekend happy father's day early and uh congratulations on your continuation of building your family uh, uh however that may be and whenever that may come so thank you guys Thank you. All right. That was an amazing adoptive dads panel. I mean, that's just, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, Dan and Jake were just really great um, at at explaining things at at sharing their story of, of telling different stories, especially about open adoption and what it means to interact and care for their children's birth parents, which is just incredible stuff. And the tips and advice they share is just priceless. Hopefully you can get a lot out of it. You know, that's always what I I, I intend in every one of my episodes is to be able to inspire you and and provide hope for your adoptive journey. So uh, please, 
share this with others that you may think could use this kind of advice and this kind of storytelling from a guy's point of view. Because I know when I was a, a guy first starting the process, I wanted something like this. I needed something like this. So I know there's other guys out there and even the women, the wives that hear this can get a lot out of it. Um, just hearing uh, the guy's point of view and maybe that'll help you inspire and support your husband through the process. So you can go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 36 to get the highlights and links that we talked about on the show. And it'll link back to part one of this conversation. So this podcast uh, is so uh, powerful. I, I hope more and more families just like you can listen to it. And a way you can help with that is go to iTunes and provide an honest review there. That would really help me get it more into the ears of people that can use this information. So it's easy to do. Go to infantadoptionguide.com forward slash iTunes. Click on view in the iTunes tab there and you can leave an honest review. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So thank you so much for listening. My hope and prayer as always in every episode is that everything you hear on the podcast will provide you the hope and inspiration you need as you go on your journey to build your family because that is the most important journey we can be on so thank you so much we'll talk to you in the next episode and god bless you guys Thanks for listening to my dad.